Wrestling fans, promoters, wrestlers, and anyone who enjoys pro wrestling now have something new to be excited about. The Wrestling Fans International Association, the WFIA, is back. WFIA is an association that exists to promote, grow, and support professional wrestling throughout the world. Membership is free. Your membership includes a free digital bi-monthly publication of the Wrestling Fan News newsletter, association updates, voting privileges, and much more. Please go to thewfia.org, that's T-H-E-W-F-I-A.org, and become a member today. Hi, this is Bob Smith. You might remember me from my years at Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine. Well, now I've started a brand new podcast called The Outdated Wrestling Hour. Yes, we're going to take a whimsical look back at the wrestling figures, stars, and trends from years gone by. We're talking 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and a whole lot more. There's going to be laughs. There's going to be fun. There's going to be action. You name it. Please tune in for the outdated wrestling hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, and welcome to the PWZ. I want to welcome back a very special guest, a guy that uh, is probably, in the history of this show, three, four years that we've been running, probably one of my favorite guests. I finally got to meet this gentleman in person about two weeks ago in uh, the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame as he inducted referee Richard Lannon, legend, stand-up comedian, professional wrestler, all-arounder, the real deal, Joel Davis. What's going on? Hey Rick, yeah man, thanks for having me back. You know, um, yeah, I, I know. Man. I, yeah man, I'm back second time. I couldn't believe it when you said a lot. A lot of your viewers and listeners lo- loved loved me and loved loved the last show. And I was like, shit, I was mostly a heel on Connecticut. I thought they hated me, but uh, I guess I guess some people like the heel sometimes. But you know, again, you got to remember that's a that's it's a gimmick. It's a work. It's it's a sport. You know, like they say, some of the heels are the best guys really in real life. And just so you know, I do know you're the professor, even though it doesn't say it on the screen. I am. I am. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of taking that title away from myself, to be honest with you, because uh, uh, if you were there for the Hall of Fame, which you were, they definitely introduced uh, Tom Burke as the professor. And yeah, no disrespect yeah. to Tom Burke. I think that guy knows everything and a great guy, great friend and friend of the show. So I'm going to let him have it because he is that kind of a legend. So. He's actually the psychologist, um, <laughs> aka no, no. Seriously, I, I Tom Burke is not a is not the is not the professor. You are Professor Rick Del Santo. I've heard Tom Burke being referred to as a pro wrestling historian. Tom yep. Burke has also been referred to as a psychologist and also a gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> And I got to tell you, man, I've met him now several times in person, probably one of the greatest people I've ever met, one of the kindest people I've ever met. And uh, I've been up to his, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the, the, you know, his. uh, The dungeon? The hell they call it. We're all, yeah, the dungeon, not dungeon, but the, uh, whatever it is, where he's got all his stuff. I viewed his museum. I got to tell you, man. Yeah, pretty much his museum in that little office that he's got there. And. A shrine, the shrine, that's what they call it, refer to it as. And I got to tell you, man, it is a great time. And there's so much history sitting in that one room. 
so many great pictures to sit there and look at. I'm telling you, if you guys are into professional wrestling history, it's definitely something worth checking out. I promise you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah, I, yeah. I know Tom. Tom's a good guy, you know. So, yeah, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. You know, big event by Joe Bruin once again. The guy keeps on outdoing himself every year. Yeah. People don't realize all the work it yeah. is to put something together like that. I mean, he, you know, this one it was three years in the making. Um, I have a lot of respect for Joe Bruin. Utmost respect for Joe Bruin. It's like, yeah, I got a lot of respect for you, Rick, uh, and there's certain certain individuals that. Um, you get to know him personally, and you get a little more respect for him. Like, you know, and, I, and Joe Bruin, I, you know, I spoke to Joe Bruin not too long ago, and um, you know, I seen him at the Hall of Fame, of course, and we spoke briefly. Uh, and uh, I just told him, I said, Joe, I said, man, I said, I remember you knocking down the door just trying to get a ring announced a gig, you know, hanging around, you know, in your late teens, and he paid his dues. And see, that's the kind of that's the kind of guy that you want to run something like this big ceremony. I mean, our good friend, uh, uh, Big Rick, you know, also known as Big Daddy. They, the guy in your chaos, you know, he had gotten to the Hall of Fame. He yeah. was there that night. Um, Mad Dog DC Drake, well, another legend. Um, Barry Horowitz, who worked as a stretcher jack yeah. cop, Barry Hutch, Florida champion. I mean, you know, you don't just get these guys to come in, you know, if you're not respected and known. Um, and then he has a big fan fest the next yeah. day. Joe Bruin is a real respectful guy, big event. But yeah. Since we mentioned, and, since uh, we mentioned, go ahead, sorry. Well, I just want to say, but since we mentioned the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody a piece of, of, of wisdom and a piece of advice. Again, Rick, you know me, Rick. We get to know each other personally, but we've known each other not known personally, but you've known of me for a few years. Um, you know, I come out of Kowalski's in early 1991, and I like I said on the microphone that night, uh, I have paid my dues. And um, I, I respect the business and love the business just like as much as the next guy. But I also respect the business and everybody needs to respect the business and the sport. And especially at a ceremony like that. So uh, not getting into not getting into anything. I'm not going to get all worked up about it or, 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 you know, angry or anything like that. But I'm just going to say the facts. Everyone has to remember something. If you if you. If you're involved in pro wrestling or anything in life, even in, I'm in stand-up comedy now. It happens in stand-up comedy. It happens in pro wrestling. It happens in life in general, Rick. And I think this might hit home with a lot of your viewers and listeners. And I mean this from the gut, soul, and heart. And I know what I'm talking about. I'm a grown man. I've done a lot in my life. I really have. I'm including mo I was a motivational speaker for a while. I, I'm in stand-up comedy now. I'm a former uh, big promoter in the sports sports collectible business for, for 18 years. You don't do that by mistake. Pro in the pro wrestling business from you know from '91, still involved in pro wrestling. Um, did a did a shot for Showcase Pro Wrestling in March of this year with, with Chris Blackheart and Vega, two two stand up gentlemen guys right there. Yep. Um, so I'm still involved and in, you know and for, no matter what happens, I'll always want to die real and I will die real. If you like me or you don't like me, it's just I will. I'm always going to keep it real. So when I say this, I'm just being real. In general, people just got to remember something. Don't always believe what you hear. Don't always believe what is said. And remember, when you're following, when you're a follower, I've never been a follower, Rick. Even, even back in the day when I got my first pair of boxing gloves when I was 10 years old, I was always the leader. That was just me. But I always treated everybody equally um, as the leader. You know, and, and, and even when I did supervision, supervising gigs, uh, promoting gigs, what I did, Rick, is I kept everybody equal. And it kept everybody involved and everybody wanted because a lot of people, all they need is a chance in life sometimes to get a chance 
and and, and it, it builds up your self-esteem and it's good confidence and it's healthy for you. So what I'm getting at, and, and this is my point that I'm trying to make is don't always listen to the so-called leaders that you're a follower and you may listen to what they have to say with, you know, maybe, maybe a particularly nasty rumor or, or their thought or their opinion. Because when you start listening you, you, to these other people that can be negative, especially at an event like the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, it can, it can really be a, not a good situation. You know, it can be one of those situations that these people that are listening and, and following and just going with whatever's being said by whoever's the production manager, so to speak, of this bullshit, you're weak. You're weak in your mind. Be yourself. Be strong. A lot of times when you don't know somebody personally, when you get to know them personally, nine out of ten times, they're really a good person. Everybody's going through something in life. I don't give a shit what it is. But what I'm saying is be careful of what you say and what you do. Defamation of character can be a serious shit. Okay? So just uh, that's all I'm saying. And anybody that knows what I'm talking about knows what I'm is going to know what I'm talking about. Okay? That's all I'm saying. I am a gentleman. I consider myself professional at all costs. I, I always get up there and do the best I can no matter what I do in life. And that's the way that I'll always be, Rick. So, so my point to conclude what I'm trying to say is, is don't ever listen to to the guy that's always going like this and chirping like this because you know what they're, they're a coward they're a coward they're behind the computer they talk shit and they get in their little groups and they feel like they feel like they're somebody you know mofo and you know who you are you ain't nobody you ain't nobody what, what you do nothing don't talk shit about the veterans the guys that paid their dues and that still respect the business and done something because i've done something man if I, i'm no better than the professor rick del santo i'm no better than the freaking neighbor down the street that might work at walmart but i know what i've done and i've helped a lot of people brother i've helped a lot of people ask trooper gilmore ask big dog marino okay i just dropped those two names those are two brothers of mine those two guys i helped those ask chris blackheart i helped those guys man Trade the smooth operator. You know who he is. He had a great career. I got him in with Rumble. He'll tell you himself. I do. Yeah. We're all in yeah, the same I business. Do. And the people that have never been in the ring and you've never actually got in the ring and taking the bumps and taking the falls and you're not even in the business, shut the fuck up, man. You know? And, and people put people to do things and they think they're heroes. We ain't no heroes. You're an asshole. And that's all I got to say. You're a big asshole. And like I say in my comedy, there's, ass, there's three different types of people that are assholes, Rick. You'll like this one. There's the asshole that doesn't know he's an asshole. He's just an asshole because he's just stupid, right? There's the asshole that's kind of like he goes out of his way to be an asshole, you know? He's a real asshole because he knows he's being one, right? Then there's the right, right. Then there's the third version of the person asshole. You know what that is? The real fucking asshole. That guy goes way out of his way to be an asshole. Like he, he every you know, he just does shit to be an asshole. And no one wants to work with assholes. No one wants to know assholes. No one wants to listen to assholes. You know? So those are my three versions. And at the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, we had a real fucking asshole there. <laughs> I hope you're not referring to me this year. I mean, I was the new guy there. <laughs> I was a star oh, in the business. I was a star in the business. I've been a star. I'm just fucking around. With I was there you a star. Go. You know, anyway, so that was like, no, you were, you were, 
90, 95% of the audience was beautiful. Joe Bruin did a great job. I'm, we had a great time. I sat there the whole night, New England Hall of Fame sitting and next your wife, to – your wife is yeah, lovely, with, by uh, the way. Your wife, your wife is lovely. <laughs> I met your wife. Thank you. Thank you. I I sat there next, sitting next to uh, the Guardian of Chaos and his wife – and on the other side, I look over and there's DC Mad Dog Drake and uh, Knuckles Nelson sitting on the other side of me. And I'm sitting here like, wow, man, this is awesome. Like, seriously, I saw you beforehand. Uh, Barry Horowitz and Mike McGurk were sitting in front of me. Uh, listen, man, Joel Gertner was a little bit across the room. We were sitting with some of the elite of the elite, my friend. Uh, uh, that evening, it was amazing, and um, you know, Slick Wagner Brown, Don Vega, uh, there was some great, great, great people there that really made a mark, uh, in this industry, if you will. Yes, absolutely, I agree 1000%. All those names you mentioned are all pros. Um, it, it was, it was a really a, a great gathering, but it's you know, it's that's why we don't want to let something so precious to all of us to get together like that, have just a little bullshit kind of make it a little bit of it. But really, you know what? It all comes down to the, the, what it really came down to. And it really became, it was really a great, great event. Um, I ended up bringing a couple gentlemen with me. Uh, one was Donald, the driver, and also the original Scuffling Hillbilly from the South. On um, the early seventies, he worked as a Scuffling Hillbilly Jethro. The big guy, uh, I don't know if you've met him. Um, he met, and I want I give a shout out to this guy, Larry Huntley, who works as cousin Larry. Mm -hmm. What a nice yeah. guy, you know. And again, didn't ever knew the guy, never had any opinion on him, never listened to anything that anybody said about him. Because listen, I want to know the person myself and I want to know the facts. I don't just listen to bullshit, you know, you know, because that's not fair to anybody. And you look like a fucking asshole, like I said earlier. But cousin 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 Larry, Rick, right? Larry Huntley, what a pro. And he's a worker up in Maine. We talked about it. We talked about uh, Tony Atlas, who he's very friendly with. Great guy. Also, um, uh, the, the Tokyo, the Tokyo monster. Um, he works for Jimmy. Um, Cahagas. Yeah. Cahagas. Yeah. Oh, what a pro. What a pro. Yeah. Uh, what a pro to meet him in person. And I thought, I, I first thought he was Pat Tanaka. I said, hey, Pat, how you doing, brother Pat Tanaka? He said, no, I'm not Pat Tanaka. We kind of laughed about it. Um, Barry Horowitz was there speaking when we all spoke together, Rick. Then I seen you got, you got there a little later, but you got there in time for the ceremony. That's when I, I got there right, right before the ceremony right started. The ceremony. Yeah, right before the ceremony started. I uh, I was rushing. I thought I was going to be late because I left my house at um, 4.30. Uh, the, the, the event started at 7. And now, mind you, it's a 95-minute drive from where I live. However, of course, you know what it's like waiting for, you know, your wife. <laughs> so, oh, I remember that. I, I, remember that. I, did that so, I already did that. Yeah. So, yeah. So luckily we, and then um, the directions that I took there, you put it in my GPS. It didn't take me directly to the highway, which I thought was very absurd. I live directly like near the highway, but it took me some back roads to get to 95. I live right by 91. Instead of, I would have had to go backwards into uh new haven connecticut just to go forward to rhode island however this took me through some back roads got on the highway out there in the middle of the woods i gotta tell you the hot the, the hotel was right off the exit literally checked in 
I ran downstairs, went to the ATM, walked in, see uh, the GOC. I see you walking around. I'm sitting here. There's uh, uh, Jimmy yep. Allen, James Allen, uh, uh, Trooper Gilmore outside. I was very excited to see him, man. Uh, so we saying. finally met for the it, – it was an amazing evening. I finally got to meet him in person uh, about two months ago because he rented the ring to a, an indie promotion out here. Um, and so, you know, he is a very friendly guy. He saw me cause he's been a guest on the show. He saw me, he came right up to me and introduced himself and said, what's up, Rick? Good to meet you in person. I got to tell you, man, that guy is probably one of the nicest straight shooters right there in the wrestling business, man. Really good guy. Trooper Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. Trooper Gilmore. I mean, yeah. me, and Trooper go, yeah. me and Trooper go way back. You, see, not everybody understands a lot of the history that a lot of us guys have. You're going to remember um, when Jimmy come up, Jimmy come up, uh, he started up at, a little bit after I did with Rumble, and Rumble put us together. We, we tagged a couple times. We worked with Bundy a bunch of times in the handicap, um, and, and me and Trooper did a lot of road, uh, road trips together. Um, and you know, I actually I got I got Jim Jimbo over there. He, Troop worked over there in uh, Long Island Wrestling Federation for Bobby Lombardi. We worked up there with uh, Tony DeVito, tag team Big match. Mike. Um, no, you got was, Big Mike, Mr. no Mr. Powerhouse Mike, whatever his name is. No, man, no, man. I'm talking, about, I'm, talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about guys that move Pete Moss and Calman or Ox Baker's garage. <laughs> no, hell, it, no, it wasn't cleaning killers or uh, Ox Baker's garage, you know, no. he was too busy doing that. Yeah, Tony DeVito and Mike Grimm. Okay, I remember, I actually remember Mr. Grimm, Mr. Grimm. Yep, um. Yep. Tony DeVito and, and Mr. Grimm, and that was Mike Bell, God rest his soul. So I remember him. Yeah. Trooper Gilmore and myself tagged up versus Tony DeVito and Mike Bell, God rest his soul, Mr. Grimm, and he had to make and we worked the tag. Every match on the card was either a tag or a six-man tag. And the big giant, Primo Canary the third, was in the Battle Royal. And uh we, we did the Battle Royal, and the body took care of us. We got great paydays. We got like $250 a piece. Um, we also got hotel paid for. Granted, the hotel was not in the best neighborhood. It was in the Red Lake District, um, somewhere in Brooklyn. Um, it was at the Martin, uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. High School. And uh, I also worked on the card was Cousin uh, cousin Luke, original Hillbilly with WWF. Cousin Luke, yeah. Uh, uh, like I said, DeVito, Bell, Primo Canary, uh, Big Daddy may have worked that, Big Dog Marino from Yonkers, New York, my good friend out there, Big Dog. Uh, it was just, a, it was, it's just, Jim and I, Jimmy and I got a long history, and and just off of the record, I just told him this, we're kind of laughing about it, I gave, I gave Troop of that nickname, Troop, way back, and it caught on. Uh, love, love Troop, and I was happy, happy that he made it, you know, I, I joke around and everything, yeah. but. But all joking aside, he deserved to get into the hall. Everybody that got in the hall deserved to get in the hall, and that's why we got to we, we have to protect and preserve the, the the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, the credibility of what it is, and and and, and how you speak about it. And we we all have to do that to keep that history as time goes on. You know, we we really do. You know? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Great event. And uh, it's very important. We have a very rich history in New England, so very important in order to keep that in order and hopefully you know he'll be doing that a lot more 
Uh, there was rumors that this was going to be the last fan fest, yada, yada. But I see him posting that he's kind of wondering, should that actually happen? Yeah. So, Joe Bruins got in so, his blood. It's not the last one, dude. Don't worry about it. It's not the last that's one. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like. There's n This was very successful. I got to go there. Uh, you know, I met a lot of great people. I got fun, to man. see, um, you know, I, 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 and the first person I run into is um, I ran into Curtis Hughes downstairs as I'm uh, in the lobby on my way to the convention. I run into Mike McGurk in the lobby. And then I start, you know, running into my good friend, Ralph Sergeant Murray, uh, works for PAPW and Mario Mancini. I saw him down there. All of a sudden, it just starts happening. People are showing up. David Schultz is there, you know, uh, 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 what the hell, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, uh, Victoria from WWE, all these people just start showing up, and it's freaking amazing, man. And it's just, and they all treat you just so friendly. You know what I mean? I got to run into legendary New England promoter, New England Championship Wrestling, Sheldon Goldberg, and tell him what I thought of his promotion, man. And now I'm sure you're very familiar with that guy. Yeah, man, because you got to remember, he's in the locker room with, with Rumble. He works side by side with Tony Rumble. Yeah, you know that's I, how we got started, into it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started with Rumble. It was uh, 1993 or 94. I think it was the end of 93, early 94. I started with Rumble. And I was with Rumble right till he passed, God rest his soul, in 99. And Sheldon was right yeah. there. Sheldon was Rumble's right-hand man. He was in the in the meetings for the uh, the the uh, different angles, et cetera, et cetera. Sheldon's always been a giant. I love Sheldon Goldberg. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, another, another, to meet him and to meet him in uh, person was fantastic. I got to knows his, I haven't he seen he, him. He knows his shit. Sheldon knows his shit. He yeah. does. Uh, yeah. I seen him at the yep. last IWF reunion last year, and I hadn't seen him in a while. We talked. Always loved Sheldon. I mean, yeah. hey, we just, we're all in the same business, man. You know, like I said, time goes by fast, and a lot of us go, and you never know when your number's up. You know, or, you know, you know when your when your time when your number's up, your number's up, and you're gone, and you you know and I like to try to keep the peace with everybody, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you never know when the last time you're going to see a speak to somebody, you know? And and, I, and, when, yeah. and, and like I said, when I first started out the, the podcast tonight with you, Rick, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying how I feel. I'm just keeping it real again. That's all I'm saying. You know, I'm just, yeah. it's all I'm, doing. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there, keeping it real, whatever have you. And, and that's just the way I am. You know what I mean? I ain't, I ain't fucking changing, man. I'm the real deal inside and outside the ring, bro. You know? But I, I, I the, love seeing uh, everybody. It was a great night. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was a great whole weekend. You know, I got to meet uh he kind of lives local. That's the funny part, is that I got to meet him for the first time there is uh Brian Solomon, who's a former WWE employee, and he wrote the book on the original Sheik. So I got I had that book, I had him sign my book, and it was really, really cool to sit there and talk to him about the, the book and, and such. And yeah, it, I, I don't know, say, man. The whole show was fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm glad you had a good time. You're the professor, Rick Del Santo. I don't give a shit what Tom Burke calls himself. You're the professor. You've been the professor since number hey, one. Hey, You've been hey, the hey. You, you would have preferred. No, I'm just joking around. Come on, man. You can't. These people hey, can't. Hey, 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 All right, hey, so you, well, you never know. You know wrestling professor. fans can. You know wrestling fans can't take a joke, right? No, well, man, because last time you were here, last time you were here, you you – Last time you were here, you blame you you uh, attacked me for uh, ripping off Professor uh, Toru Tanaka. And you know what? Just to put a smile on your face, my brother. That's all I did that for. Just to put a smile on your face, man. I know, man. I know. You know that. You know. I didn't even know you remembered Professor Toru Tanaka. He's a legend. But but just so we so we talking about that that nickname didn't come from nowhere. I'm just telling you. Anyways, go ahead. But yeah, but but you, you got to think. Listen, you are. Uh, it's, it's okay to be humble. Okay. Yeah. But you got to think more of yourself, man. You you you've done a lot for the business too. 
in the sport. You have, and you are somebody. You know what I mean? You're, you, you're somebody. I mean, you've never been in the ring and bumped or whatever, but you're still somebody to a certain level. And, and, and a lot of guys respect the more guys that get to know you. And this podcast has opened doors to a lot of different names. I mean, I sent you Big Ron Shaw. I sent you Brittany Brown. And these people still talk highly about you today. I have no idea yeah, why. They are, thanks. <laughs> they are great. No, man, I still keep in touch with both of them. To be honest, you do. Uh, Look, can I? Yeah. Right, since, since you got music, yes, I want to mention. So the Hall of Fame was that Saturday night. So the Wednesday yeah, night, Hall, I was at Hall of Fame was Friday. It was the Friday the night. Fantastic. Correct. Yeah. The Friday yeah. night was the Hall of Fame, uh, the 28th of July. The 26th was the Wednesday. I, I hosted a comedy show at the Boomerang Roadhouse in West Warwick. Then I did the Hall of Fame induction speech for Rich Lennon, Killer Kowalski graduate referee. Legendary referee, referee by match, the way. Triple H, oh. yes, Triple H's yep. first match and Kurt Angley ref. Um, that was that was Friday night. Sunday night I did Comedy Park in Cranston, Rhode Island. At the Comedy Park, I did stand-up comedy. This past Wednesday, August the second, I did the Harry Del Casamia restaurant in Rainham, Mass. Stand-up comedy. So I I basically did the one, two, three, four shots in a seven-day period. I was like. Yeah, I was like, probably like a rock star, man. I was like, damn, it's it's like it's a it's a great feeling and it's humble to be able to still be involved because those are my loves, you know, pro wrestling and stand up comedy. My my, you know, right now, right. as you know, I'm I'm focusing on stand up comedy. Um, I do have a booking at the end of the month in August. I'm hosting another show out in West Warwick. Um, I'm also, uh, I think you're gonna ask me this. I'm also doing a big show in October, Rick. It's called the Paul Santos Live Show. It's a takeoff of like the Tonight Show, David Letterman Show. There's okay. musicians, yeah, musicians. There's comedians, and it's shot live. And something about it being on ABC or something. Or this guy, this guy's got a big following. He runs every Monday night live. The Paul Santos Show is a gentleman called Chops, who is another singer. And the, and Paul booked me through Allison Diane. Um, I'm going to be there on October 30th on a Monday night. And the thing is, Rick, is he's a big pro wrestling fan. So he wants to give me a little, he wants to interview me. Like it's a whole different type of interview about pro wrestling, you know, short interview. And and right. then go into like a five-minute stand-up comedy gig. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm also, uh, you know, working on a big, big, small tour, if you will, in New York City in September. I am going to be doing three three to five nights in New York. I haven't told you that, but it's definitely 99% sure it's going to happen. And so I want to do some comedy out there. And, uh, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll do the Jimmy Superfly Snooker impersonation again. Did you ever hear that one? Uh, you didn't do it last time, did you? No. no. I, I did, did. I did no. a few gigs back. I did it over at, uh, up in Wakefield, Rhode Island, how when Jimmy, Jimmy and I were uh, at a – Restaurant after restaurant day after the show, and Snooker Snooker was with me. I love Snooker. I got to work with Snooker. He's a legend. Come on, to play Snooker. Yeah, and absolutely. there was a absolutely there was a valet there um, that had a you know a big set a big rack, and um, Jimmy Jimmy was talking with me, and Jimmy Jimmy was like, "Brother, only you can do what you do, brother." I said, "Jimmy, I'm over here." And he was like staring right at her tits, like only you can do what you do, brother. So he wasn't even looking at me. That's the that's the whole 
story. That's the moral of that story. <laughs> Rick, you're very sensitive. To he was going to call you sensitive, Rick Del Santo. <laughs> I'm not sensitive. I'm I know you got a lot of man. shit going on, brother. No, man, this is uh this show has been on fire as of late. It's been so it freaking has, busy. Hey, and hey, I've had hey. some really great guests as of late. So and of course, Mike you know, Mitman. I got a, Mike, Mike Mittman. Exactly. That guy oh is an absolute legend. Uh, you know, this guy refereed in WWF. Uh he um he worked for the Savoldis. This guy was an agent in uh WWF. He did uh all sorts of crazy stuff. And like I said, he had some really good stories. And if you go back and listen, he's got a really great Iron Sheik story and uh, a couple other really good ones. And that is probably one of my proudest interviews that I've ever done. Uh, I just want to get more views on it. So if anybody wants to go back and check it out, I had the Wildcat Wendell Cooley, who's a freaking legend that it just seems, you know, uh, the legendary Sunny Beach, all sorts of guys. And uh, the rest of the month is uh, it's going to be on fire. But you can check it out every day here on uh, this platform so check it out i i don't miss an episode myself rick you know what i mean i i, I watch all your shows brother you know what i'm saying because you yeah, everything thank you, you thank you're you. welcome no it's enjoyable especially when you, you know what i mean you're just trying to like you know see some real you know interviews like shoot a little bit of shoot you know right so, you know i check it out yeah. i watch a little bit mitman i gotta watch the end of it i love you when you mentioned the iwf when he worked with kowalski and danucci god rest his soul and big ron shaw yeah. Sabisco. I mean, I remember those days. And I mean, who can say they did play by play with the legendary living legend Bruno San Martino? Mike Mitman. Absolutely. God rest your soul, San Martino. But no, you yeah. you, you, you really, like I said, I've known you for about, what, about a year now. How long have um, I What's going on over Yeah, prob probably about a year. Yeah, it's yeah. been about that long. So what do you mean? Did what's you going just on? see a ghost or something? You... No, I. Hang on. We're talking about Bruno. and I. Oh, yo, you're looking at something up there. Yeah, I looked. At, uh, I had Bruno hanging up here on my wall. I don't know what the hell happened to it. So maybe yeah. I moved it. Either way, so <laughs> so no. I know when I was interviewed, when I, yeah, but just when so I, you know, it, since we mentioned Ghost, I have to yeah. say something. No, you since, mentioned the since ghost, you so. mentioned Ghost, I know a absolutely beautiful French Canadian woman. I have the pleasure to know her, and she explained to me. She does not like ghosting. Do not ghost people, people. So I'm doing this public service announcement for her, Rick, on PWZ Pro Wrestling Zone with the Professor Rick Del Santo. And I'm telling everyone, please, don't ghost somebody. Don't ghost your neighbor. Don't ghost your friend. Don't ghost your girlfriend. Don't ghost your boyfriend. And surely don't ghost your wife. <laughs> nah. There you go. There you go. Come on, that was good, brother. That was. Some, I, about, my, about my career, you got me here. You mean you may never see me again? What are you talking about? We talked about your whole career last time. We also talked about, you know, the little buddy. Really? Uh, we talked, yeah, man. I dug deep last time. And, How about uh, Jamie Dundee? You still. Jamie. <laughs> should, I talk about, should I talk about that story here? Should I talk about sure. oh, what the hell? Because sure. this is, you know, I, I, got you, uh, I got you, Jamie Dundee, to do the show, and you told me you, you can't, you don't have to get into details, but you said there was a. Oh, problem. no, I'm going to, I decided that, you know, I can I go into detail because I'm going to tell you. While, yes, he was a very good tag team wrestler with the, uh, in Memphis, and, you know, of course, he ran across the WWF. 
And uh, uh, this guy right here, uh, the real deal, Joel Davis, did team with him down south. While I was trying to bring him onto the show, uh, somebody said, hey, man, I don't think that's such a great idea. And I said, really? What makes you say that? And then, I, of course, uh, a clip came across my phone immediately after. And, yeah, man, it made me think that he was not a good idea. And uh, several interviews I came across where he's dropping the N-bomb. And uh, if anybody knows me, that's not my style. I don't like to promote hate. Uh, my wife is an African-American woman. I will tell you that. So that is one thing that I'm just, I'm not into, man. And that, and that, so and this show is not about hate. This show is about love and the history of professional wrestling generally. Uh, that's what my show is about. And I just love to, sh and that's the only reason why I was interested in having him on until I saw that yeah. clip. And, and, you know, and I will let you know, Rick, you made a, you made a mature and professional decision. I we already we don't have to get into detail. We know that Blackheart was a little bit disappointed in in that. Because and I feel that I don't get me wrong. I do feel honestly bad about that. So I mean, yes. yeah, yeah. You, you it wasn't like you purposely said, okay, I'm going to get Joel Davis to reach out to Chris Blackheart to reach out to Jamie Dundee, and then two days later say I, I thought against it or whatever have you. I I mean, yeah. I, I that's that's what real friends and brothers do. Just little small shit like that, we just let go. Like, okay, it's not a big deal. Why why be upset about it? You know, people got to stop sweating the small things. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the ride, man, because the ride ends someday, you know, and, and and keep the peace, peace, love and happiness. Those are three good words, peace, love and happiness. And, and when you and you made your decision, I respect that decision. Just like you respect me, too. You have me on your show and and, and you don't tell me, OK, blah, 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 blah. If you gave me all kinds of rules and regulations, I'd say, Rick, I, I cannot appear. You know, I have to be who I am and you're who you are. And everybody should be who they are. Yeah. Be real. Don't be plastic. If you're plastic, that means you're fake. If you're fake, that means you're living in a lie. If you're living in a lie, you're weak. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how other people feel about that gentleman. I'm sure that, you know, and how if he gets work after that interview. Hey, man, I he, lived with I Jamie know. for a while because yeah. I was down there. The guy's, a, the guy's a madman. I mean, can you picture me and Jamie Dundee? I mean, you're a, a little crazy. You're a little crazy yourself, but you know, but not in a bad way. But I don't not say in a bad, not a bad way. way, Rick. I never use the N word. Never. Yeah. Well, like I said, man, that's something. Like, you know, I mean, it's not only because my wife is an African American woman. Obviously, it's, it's in general. Yeah, it's in general. I and would. How never... do you know he wouldn't say it? Like you said, yeah, you did the right exactly. thing, brother. People, people are going to look at your shows, Rick, and they're going to see who you bring bring on. And let's be honest, the more legitimate indie guys and, and, and big league guys that you bring on, the more legitimate indie yeah. guys and big league guys, but the more people are gonna, they're going to hit that subscribe button, you yeah. know? Um, just like you have the advertisement of, hey, if you're a pro wrestling fan, I guess there's a newsletter one of your associates has. That's yeah. great stuff, man. I mean, yeah. Brian well, it's, a, it's an organi organization that's been around for a very long time, the WFIA. I'm wearing a shirt now. Uh, it's just recently rebooted. It uh, was not in operation for a long time. Tom Burke is a special advisor. Brad Drake is uh, owns a copyright uh, currently. Um, you know, I have some old episodes of the news episodes, excuse me, old issues of the newsletter from dating back from the 70s and 80s uh, laying around here somewhere in my office. So it's like, it's, it's I, Jesus, do I ever. It's I nothing. 
it's nothing in my collection that you know it's stuff that i'm proud of it's not like a it's a very legitimate organization a lot of fun it's just to bring wrestling fans together so i expect you know i just want everybody go click subscribe you know it's free absolutely free you get a monthly newsletter in your in your uh email i write for the newsletter so that's another thing you know a lot of these uh interviews turn into good stories for the newsletter results from the new england area so you know uh photos that i've taken are in there so you know you're gonna it's, it's a lot of fun and brad drake does a really good job running it and uh yeah yeah you know, it's a lot of fun yeah, you know, you know, back in the day, since you mentioned newsletters, so anybody that you know in the '90s remember, there was also on the map Gary Lajevin put this on. Oh, I don't I remember. remember. Gary yeah. Gary Lajevin ran Green Mountain Wrestling. Yeah, I, I remember with Gary. You remember that? Oh, you yeah. know your shit, man. Yeah. So Gary Lajevin, Rick, had a newsletter called On the Map, yeah. um, not Wrestling Observer that Meltzer had. It wasn't wasn't as big, but it was based out of Vermont. It was called On the Map. Man, I couldn't wait to get that issue. I wish yeah. I still had some of those issues. A little pamphlet, similar to what you're doing with the other gentleman now. And like you said, it's free. And back then, that was it was called on the mat. And you were waiting for that issue to come out. I mean, there were stories on Scott Taylor, Scotty Tuhati's was in there. Um, I had been I had been working with Green Mountain, so I was featured a few times in there. And so was in a lot of other names that were working in Vermont at the time. So Gary Lajevin had the newsletter called On the Map. He, he started as a fan. He used to go with his dad. His dad was named Paul. And they would go to the pro wrestling B shows, Father Son. Um, Gary Lajevin, when I met him, believe it or not, was my debut for IWCCW in October 25th, 1991. Met him, but didn't really know him. But then I re, like, really met him when John McAdam ran the UCW in 1992. That's, by the way, that's John McAdam. Uh currently has the podcast stick to wrestling if, if i believe it's the same guy same guy john mcadam 1992 john mcadam starts up this fed rick called ucw universal championship wrestling and he ran tapings out of national hampshire gary lajevin his son gary lajevin his dad rather paul would go to those shows and i really met him at that point we started speaking and he he said he had a dream he said i have a dream i I want to promote my own indie shows. I'm up in Vermont, Newport, Vermont. You know, back then it was VHS tapes. I gave him a VHS tape. You already seen my work. Um, you know, it was the old phones, you know, and uh, we talked. And he booked me for his first few shows. I won the Mayhem Battle Royal, over the top rope Battle Royal. Um, $5,000 to the winner. It, in reality, it was $50. Um, I won. <laughs> uh, but, he, but Gary had some great talent up there. Um, and, and John McAdam had some great talent. Bad Hammer Jones, he came out of Kowalski's God Rest His Soul, Davy Jones. Um, Flying Bill Wilcox was on, on, on top there as a champion. Um, Freight Train Fulton. Um, they had a, a, a manager named uh, Travis Melrose that was a Pee Wee Herman lookalike. Pee Wee Herman just passed away. They used to yell Pee Wee, and he looked just like Pee Wee Herman. Uh, Sky King and uh, uh, Pat Ryerson with the Untouchables, the tag team. Um, uh, Ryerson was Bruno Scaletti and Sky King was, uh, I'm not sure exactly what he used for a name. They were a tag team, a, a good tag team. Billy Warhawk, who became Nightmare Nick Steele, God rest his soul. We go way back. We tagged up down there. We feuded a little bit down there. He had, uh, Warhawk, who became a big star as Nick Steele, God rest his soul. I knew him and his father, Frank, uh, all in the UCW. 92 was a hotbed. Also working down there, Rick, was Scott Taylor 
who worked with Steve Ramsey. They were the untouchables. Scott Taylor became Scotty Too Hardy, as we know, in the WWF. Great athlete from the get-go. He was also down there. Um, so they had, I'm just trying to they had quite a bit of talent. They also had down there Orlando West, who became a manager. He, he works as a manager now. I can't think of his name, but he's a manager now. Um, I, I can't remember his name, but he's a manager now. And uh, uh, Yeah, and Chris Cruz was WCW, World, World Championship Wrestling. Chris Cruz, you know Chris Cruz? I know Chris Cruz, yeah, but yeah, I didn't know he worked there. Yeah. I know he worked for the Savoldis for a short period yes. of time. Yes, and he worked for uh, UCW, yeah. man. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's what amazing. Yeah. yeah, amazing amazing commentary. And I know that's your forte. You're a great commentator. You do play-by-play for the Indies in the state of Connecticut, yep. and you'll get your own podcast. So I know you can relate to that, Rich. That's why I mentioned yeah. it. Gary Lazarman had his own newsletter. And if you've been around as long as me, you might remember on the mat. If not, you probably don't remember it, but. Um, oh, great yeah. great, I remember great a lot of that stuff. I remember Green Mountain Wrestling. I used to get some of the VHS tapes. And if I remember correctly, remember correctly, probably the earlier 2000s, they became an NWA territory called NWA Green Mountain. So See, I, 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 I was out of there by then, but I was in the yeah. early years of Green Mountain. And I do want to make this point. And I think you'll like this, Rick, because I consider you also a pro wrestling historian and you really, really – sincerely enjoy learning more about pro wrestling, especially things that you yeah. haven't heard about. You're going to know the name when I say the name. Bull Montana. They call him the yeah. legendary Bull he was, Montana. He was, he was there, there last weekend. He was yep. there last weekend at the Hall of Fame with a woman that said her name was Bull Montana Jr. Now, I asked her twice, but she went by Bull Jr., so that's what we went with. Um, we took a photo together, uh, the three of us, with the, with the bull horns. Um, bull Montana came up to Vermont with me. Um, I, I actually I ended up getting him booked with Gary and Bull Montana did the, the bodyguard gimmick. And what Gary had uh, on the agenda during the tapings is I would do was called the real deal danger zone, something like right. uh, off take of Piper's Pit, something like off take of, of the, of the Pauly Daniels danger zone, the real mm-hmm. deal danger zone. And we had one. I got to mention this one, Rick, Ricky. We had one really good episode that really took off and. Johnny Royal worked a great baby face. Remember Johnny Royal? He, he worked as the Boston Bulldog with Rip Morrison. Johnny yep. Royal, the legitimate power lifter from Chelmsford, Mass. I remember Johnny Royal being security in 1992. He would walk walk the, the, the pro wrestlers to and from the ring. He was security in 92 for John McAdam. He later trained with, 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 with Nick Steele and the others, and he became an indie guy. So Johnny Royal was doing the face. He was really over as a face in Vermont. And he was one of my guests at the Real Deal Danger Zone. So what, what we would do is I'd ask, I'd ask, you know, Royal some questions, and I would tell him to shut up before he answered them. Yeah. And then he tried to if he tried to get up, right, Rick? Bull Montana would grab him and say, sit down, sit down, sit down. And like the third time he sat down, I grabbed my chair and chair shot. Bang! Hit Royal and Royal went down. We had him. We had his arms back, <laughs> and it was it was great, man. It was and the fans went crazy. Indie the indie cards back then, Rick. We were jamming. You 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 had three, four, five hundred people going crazy for this. They really appreciate it. I'm so blessed and so happy that I was part of the era of the '90s. You know, because I went straight from '91 through 2003. And never stopped. 91 through 2003. I was on, I was working almost every weekend, sometimes two and three nights. 
91 through 2003. 2003, I retired, had my daughter in 2005. Then I came back in 2009. I ran 2009 to 2013. That's when I got into MMA cage fight in 2010. And I did, you know, I, I wrapped up my career at that point, you know. Um, but the night that that whole decade, you know, it just it's just great. And that's why I love doing these shows. That's, that's the reason why when you ask me to come back, you know, I'm surprised I was asked to come back. Usually when I'm on a show once, I'm actually suspended and I never come back again. But uh, just, you haven't suspended. Yeah, and to be honest well, with you, well, Joel, you. to be honest, Joel, you're always allowed back because I got to tell you, I'm first, you're always, you're, you're always allowed back because I'm going to tell you this. Your show got some high ass numbers, so anytime <laughs> you're always allowed back to a for that's the number one reason. But it is very entertaining. It's always good to talk to you, sit there, have a great conversation about whether it be wrestling, like we just said, you know, the New England Hall of Fame and and the the Fan Fest, and obviously, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the your career and history of. Uh, you know, newsletters and uh, Green Mountain Wrestling that I, I had not necessarily known about. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, the good thing, too, is and the reason why I did, you know, I, I was I was happy to hear it, you know, for return. I, and I accepted this is because I'm thinking, you know, if people are enjoying enjoying the podcast, you know, listening and watching, hey, it's it's a win win for all of us. Let's all enjoy it, you know. It, you know, if you're if you're if you're just uh, you know a fan, you know, or if, if you've been in the business, or you've been play-by-play -play referee, or you've been an actual worker, even if you were a ring crew guy, or if you just follow the sport, people get to know. You know, I've had people say to me, even even on your podcast, on, uh, we haven't spoke about it, but on the on the offside, um, if I come across somebody that might recognize me, if I'm out like on my own time, you know, uh, my personal time, enjoying a nightlife, the real deal, Joel Davis nightlife, um, I have people approach me, and I have people. Oh, you smiled at that one? Yeah, the real deal, Joel Davis nightlife. That that's another story for another day. But uh I, I will say I have people come over to me and they'll say to me, Hey, we never knew that was real deal Joel Davis. Because they only remember me, you know, up there in NWA New England, you know, working in all all you know, New Britain, Connecticut, Wallenford, Connecticut, Hoffman, Connecticut, um, old Saybrook, Connecticut. That's where I met uh, the king of the hot punch, Ox Baker, old, old Saybrook, Connecticut. That's where I met your main man, Powerhouse Mike, the guy that moves peat moss. Powerhouse Mike. He asked me for one of the gimmick cards. I used to throw the aces with the pitcher on him. And Baker, yeah. Baker that's when I met him, old Saybrook. I actually remember that. And uh, he was sitting in, in the uh, locker room, and Baker said, hey, can he He wants one of the gimmicks. I said, I gave him one of the gimmick cards, you know. And that's when he told me about his training. He said, I'm training to be a pro wrestler. I, I, I trained with Ox Baker. I said, hey, brother, I said, what have you done so far? He said, he said, so far, I moved peat moss. I do cow manure. He says, I clean up the garage. I said, bro, dude, I think you're getting work, man. I don't know. Baker likes that shit. Baker was a funny bastard. I, I love Ox. And Ox Baker was one of the best heels, bro. And you know, he, he lived in your state. For, he lived in your state. I don't he know lived in the Hartford area before, Hartford. Up, until, up until he died. Yeah. Why yeah. he moved to fucking Connecticut is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know either, but now Baker, a quick story about Ox Baker. I got to guest referee a match. Ox Baker managed, I know you know this name, the extreme strongman, Gino Martino. Absolutely. Yep, one I of the him. Millennium Killers that worked that tagged up with Ali Muhammad, Anthony Rufo, the trouble man, God rest his soul. They mm -hmm. were a great team. But this night, it was Martino managed by Ox Baker versus the tough Texan. Tough Texan from Portugal, Travis Funk. 
I remember. Yep, I remember. Uh, one of the funks. One of the distant, very, very distant, very, very, very distant cousins of Terry and Dory Funk Jr. Yeah. And I was the guest referee. And it was a strap match, so they're working the strap match, and me and Baker had this. I was saying, Gino, do you do you submit? I'm, I'm the special guest ref. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. I'm doing. The, yeah. Do you you submit. You submit, Gino. And 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 uh, he, he was saying, I was saying, say yes, and and and, and Ox Baker was saying no, and I was saying, does he say yes? And Baker would go no, <laughs> and then the fans were like yes, and Baker would go no, and we had the, we had the people going, loved Ox Baker, loved him, but he would do he he'd be a character. Did you ever see him when he used to have like the the orphan often the, the dogs that needed homes and shit? You have the dogs. I do an Ox Baker. I do an Ox Baker commercial that I seen. So here's the king of the hot punch sitting somewhere in Connecticut, right on a lawn chair. He's got two little puppies, right? And Ox Baker would say, "I'm I'm the king of the hot punch, Ox Baker. Donate to this charity. These poor little puppies have nowhere to live. Come on, give some donations. If you donate ten dollars to these puppies." One dollar of the ten dollars goes to the puppy veterinary clinic in the house for them to live. Nine dollars goes to me. Thank you. My name's Ox Baker. Help these poor puppies out, please. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But no, so, it's, it's a true story, man. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So, uh, Joel, stand-up comedy, bro. Oh, you got a question? Yeah, well, you know, I want you to tell everybody where you can be found. Your stuff is coming up. Tell everybody where your uh, what your uh, future appearances are coming up here. Thank you, Rick. So uh, coming up next is August 30th. August 30th, it's a Wednesday night if you're in the Rhode Island area. West Warwick, Rhode Island, August 30th. I have the opportunity and the privilege to host the show. So I'll be introducing okay. the comics and also doing my gig, which I'm so happy to have the opportunity. John Parada, thank you. John Parada's Comedy Factory. Uh, always a great show up there. Boomerang's Roadhouse, West Warwick, Rhode Island. It's an 8.30 p.m. show. There is no cover charge, Rick. Uh, and that is going to be Wednesday night, August 30th. I will host. I will bring it. You know, if you go to one of the shows, you will see the one-legged whoop whoop. You've seen it live at the Crown Plaza, bro. The one I, I said, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Can I get a, a woo woo? And what that woo woo is, Rick, I want to explain to you, my brother, because you are my brother. I will explain the one legged woo woo is shoot for the stars, be who you are, go for everything you want in life, no matter what anyone says, does, or you hear. Right. Go for what you want. I don't care what your sexuality is, what your color is, if you're rich, if you're poor, if you have a health condition, handicap, whatever. Go for what you want and be proud. When I do that woo-woo on stage, Rick, I tell you, Kingpin, I'm just feeling, I just feel woo-woo. And you hear the people are getting it now. And that's what that means. There's a meaning to the woo-woo. So you're going to hear the woo-woo on August 30. Just for that, you should come on down and see it live and in person. Rick Del Santo, the professor, seen it, and and you can see it that night. 
So that's going to be the, the 30th. Now, going into September, I'm going back to somewhere I love, my brother. It's called New York City. I celebrated uh -oh. my 21st birthday in New York City. Uh, my mom and my Uncle Charlie, God rest his soul, my Uncle Charlie looked like Wolfman Jack. Do you remember Wolfman Jack? Of course, yeah, man. That's a legendary DJ. My Uncle Charlie, who I loved dearly, who treated me like his son. He was he drove his Holly. He was a mechanic for 39 years. He he was he, if they did it, if they did a lookalike contest with you know Wolfman Jack, he would have won it. He looked just like Wolfman Jack. Like, hey Wolfman Jack, you tuning in and walking in you. Come on in, Wolfman Jack, rock and roll it. That was that was my uncle Chai. He would talk. He would call me at like six in the morning to like do something or whatever, and I I would hear, "Let's rock and roll." So it was it was Uncle Charlie, a big Baptista, uh, Brian Nelson, uh, Jay uh, Jay Gilmore, and also Louis Toledo. And the crazy thing is about it, only two of us are alive. There was six wow. people in that limo that night. Yeah, and it was that was twenty one. I mean, a few years ago, but I mean, hey, six of us and only. Me and Brian are the only two alive. Everybody else, all the four have passed away since. We went to New York, and I fell in love with New York City when I was able to party there for my 21st birthday. And I learned something so important in New York. I learned how to brown bag a beer and walk around drinking beer in the public legally. or somewhat legally. Put the brown bag around the beer, you walk with it. That's what I learned that. Legally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, legally. So I'm, I'm legally. There you go, Rick. There you go. So I'm going. I do there. that anyways, no matter where I am. Let's just say that. All right. So <laughs> I thought you were I thought you were a white Russian man, but maybe you're cheating on the Russian. Well, you know, the New England Hall of Fame. I got to talk about uh, that with Joe Bruin. I was not able to get a white Russian, Joe. Oh, we're gonna have to put that on blast. So they New did York not City, have the cream. Go ahead. They didn't go. have the cream. <laughs> that could be a problem. That could be a problem. So we're talking about New York City. There's a little bit of a speculation on if it's three or five day tour, and I call it a tour. I mean, you know, because it's it is a tour. I mean, I'm you're going to be there for a while, so yeah, it's a little bit of a tour. Yeah, you know, you and I, you and I, and I'll, I'll put this on blast. I don't have many close close friends. I have a lot of associates, a lot of associates, but you and I are becoming a little more close friends. So you may know a little more about it going on. Um, I have a lot of brothers, and I, I love I love everybody. Like I said on the mic that night, I love everybody, um, and I I wish good for everybody. I don't wish bad on anybody. I wish good for everybody. Right. And when absolutely. I when I go to New, absolutely when I go to New York for those three to five days, I'm sure you'll know a little bit about it. And you know, I like to plaster it on on social media because really, it's 2023. That's what it's all about. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. It's a great platform to to advertise and promote yourself. And I'm chasing the stand up comedy. I'm chasing it hard. I'm chasing it, you know. I'm, I'm going nine months in now. I'm chasing it. I want it so bad. I, I just, I, I just really believe that I can really bring some great entertainment to the to the country if I if I can get a national status someday. And believe me, I'm chasing it down. And I believe I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. I really I believe I'm gonna make it. And going in New York, which why I say that because going in New York City, you can be discovered. And you know the thing about New York City. I'm not, there's no clicks that are going to be like, I'm going to be in or I'm not in clicks. I don't like clicks anyways, but I'm going to be somebody just coming in randomly with no ties to anyone. And I can be looked at just straight up looked at, you know what I mean? Sometimes when you work in certain areas, even in pro wrestling, stand up comedy, you may, 
Somebody may have a little heat with you and they may push you aside if they have a little power, a little power, but they have enough power to push you aside and you don't get the opportunity that you deserve. You know what I'm saying? So New York City, L.A. Happens, and New York City. And it happens in wrestling, too. It's called politicking. It, it does. Politics. Yeah. Politics can go blow. I don't like I don't I don't like anything about politics. You know, yeah. that's again, that's that's fake. You know, but but politics, you know, you people, politic people, they're weak people. And without in politics, they got miserable life. So they feel strong. You don't see you ain't done shit. You ain't done shit. You know what I mean? You're politics. Right. But so three to five nights in New York City in September, coming back in October, the Paul Santos live show. It's like a David Letterman show with also like a Tonight Show aspect to it. Live, live musicians. People come in and they do like um, tricks with dogs and cats, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and it's live. It's a live show. You'd like it, Rick. It's called Paul Santos Live and it's stand up comedians. So they want to interview me about my pro wrestling career and they want it me to do a five-minute gig on the mic of stand-up comedy. They did tell me, though, I have to work clean. Working clean. I, yeah, you're smiling. You know what that means. You're able to? Are you able no, to? No, I am. I'm going to take two showers that day. I'm going to work <laughs> clean. <laughs> um, didn't you say, I know, I know, and I think you mentioned something about, uh, did you mention Saturday Night Live to me off air? Uh well, the promoter that I work with on a, on a regular basis who gave me my first chance, and I'll never forget it, is John Parada. He does have uh, two comedians. One I know for sure, Bill Blur, also Bob Molly. These mm -hmm. guys made national status, and they started with John Parada. One of them actually got in with SNL. So there is some kind of a connection. How it come about, I don't know for sure, but it's, it's all about being discovered, brother. Yeah. You no, know, and that's why I'm going to make that trip to New York, you know. And for nothing else, I'm going to go there and I'm going to rock the city and give it, give it my all. I like to bring new material, Rick. You know, we keep in contact. You and I, I'll send you clips. I know you got, you got your son, you got the wife, you're, you're a busy guy. You know, to, sports with your son, and and then your and then your your lifestyle and your family. You and you got the show that you're very busy with. But when you get a chance, I know you check it out, and I love getting the feedback because it's it's different. Everyone likes something different. Like some people like the story about the neighbor. You know, you're a good guy, turns to fucking asshole. Um, some people like the stories about the gymnasium. Some people like about the online dating. The woman that I couldn't see from a distance when she got closer, I discovered she had a mustache. She said that the spa was shut down during COVID. She couldn't get a face waxing. I said, well, that explains it. I didn't kiss her, though. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, that's what I got going on. So, New York City, three to five nights, uh, the 30th of August, Boomerang Roadhouse. And October 30th, Paul Santos live show, all booked. And I'm looking at anything else that comes up, you know. I mean, sometimes you get spontaneous bookings, you know. Yeah. And so um, tell people where they can find the Real Deal Joel Davis on social media. Yeah. So uh, Real Deal Fitness and Condition is the, is the Facebook page. And um, I think I know I follow PWZ and I think you follow Real Deal Fitness and Condition. Absolutely. And uh, you can uh, also, you know, you can find it if you go to my page. You, I, I will share, uh, obviously, Joel Davis's appearances here, of course. Yes. So, yes. We'll, we'll network together on that and get that out there because you got to remember a lot of folks that follow the fitness page, Rick, are pro wrestling fans. Yes. And they, uh, they may not know about your show yet. I mean, yeah. they, they may not for some reason. They may. All you got to do is click that, 
click that like or follow button and uh, you get some of the most unique wrestling interviews yep. in this yep. sport. Uh, legends, indie legends, New England professional wrestling. We are expanding uh, every day. So in contact with people yep. and the month, uh, this month is going to explode. I'm just telling you that we have some really great interviews coming up. So, and of course, Joel Davis is coming back in the future. As always, we're going to have him back in a couple months. Hey, brother. You know, I, I really mean it from the gusto and I. You really, you're a good guy. I'm not going to call you a fucking asshole this time. You know, I you did sure? that with you. Yeah, you're a really good guy. But, you know, I feel the good, even on even on this interview today, I can feel the good positive vibes. And you're going to do good, man. You're smiling. You're, you're, you're a good dude. Um, and you're a good person. And just keep it going, man. You know what I mean? Keep Thank you, Joe. Going. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't let, I mean this, don't let anything derail you. You got to remember, it's pro wrestling. There's a lot of shit going on, man. I, if I let that shit get to me, I would have never had a career that I had. You know what I'm saying? So Real Deal Fitness and Conditioning, check it out. It's, it is, it's a big page on Facebook. Also, YouTube. Go to YouTube. I have 99 videos, bro. Nowhere near what you have. But I have 99 videos now, which ain't, which isn't bad for a single guy. I mean, I'm only, it's only me performing. I mean, but with pro wrestling, motivation speaking, stand-up comedy shows, um, Jerry Springer shows. I was on the Springer show twice in Chicago. Those are on there. If you want to check out the Springer shows back in the day, um, different television programs, um, workout techniques, boxing, mixed martial arts on the streets. I go on the streets. I talk to people about fitness and conditioning. Um, again, a lot of the stand-up comedy gigs are on the YouTube channel. Go on YouTube and just search Real Deal joel davis that's real deal joel davis and 99 videos will pop up and pick what you like check it out i appreciate giving the shout out i'll share this once this once this is and um we're gonna keep on rocking and rolling that's all we can do man joel thank you so much for joining me and uh today and of course we're gonna be in touch and have you back again thank you again at the end of the day keep it real people it's the real deal joel davis rick thank you good night 